Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. So let me get started with today's sermon. It's the first one of the year, and I want to give you some good news about 2021. Today's message is 2021 out of control. All right? So let's just get it out of the way. There's no guarantee that this year is going to be better than last year. I just want you to be aware of this. Just because the calendar flipped doesn't mean that our circumstances will see a benefit in the positive direction. It's out of control, but I want to encourage you today that as we enter into this year, and even just today and this week, trying to navigate the the world that we live in now that's changed so drastically, I don't want you to feel powerless. I think it's actually good for us to acknowledge that the world's out of our control. That's where I'm going with this. It's out of our control, but it's in God's hands. It's out of our control, but the world is still in God's hands. So that's where we're going today because I think 2020 was a year a lot of us wanted to escape. They were like pandemics, impeachments, depression, uh, emotionally and financially. Uh, there's all kinds of things that the world endured in, in so many ways. And there are problems and difficulties and sometimes even relationships that we as people just want to escape and get away from. And I want to encourage you in John chapter 17, if you want to join me there, that's where we'll be spending um, quite a bit of our time today. John chapter 17 is the, the priestly prayer, the high priestly prayer where Jesus prays and it's recorded for us. And there's some powerful things in there that's going to help you and me take 2020 with intentionality. We're going to move forward in saying, yes, it's out of control, out of our control, but it's in God's hands. And the way we find a way to not just cope with 2021, I don't want you to cope with it. I want you to flourish through it. The way we do that is through prayer. We have to have God's power living within us or we're going to die. In fact, we are dead in our sins. We are dead in our trespasses until we are born again. We are dead. We're not, we're not alive. We have to be born again to life, born of the Spirit. Uh, anybody watching the, the show Chosen? Have you seen that? It's got an app for it. You need it. I just finished season one, and um, it's, it's crowdsourced, and it's about Jesus. And what it does is it takes the stories of Jesus, and it, and it somehow injects, it does a great job of it, human emotion as to what you're feeling, what the characters of the Bible we read. And we, we just kind of glance over Scripture sometimes and, and just make you know, saints out of Peter and, and Paul and, and John and all these people. And, and while they are saints, just like you're saints, they're not beyond human. They're, they were humans, so they had these emotions. And this series has done this wonderful job of even letting us see the humanity and the emotions that Jesus probably felt as well. He identified with us, and so he, he knew. It's very humanizing. It's very good um, and encouraging. And so that has reminded me that, that Jesus identifies with us and, and wants to have a vibrant relationship with us. And the way we do that is through prayer. I don't want you to think, I want to escape all the problems of the world. No, I want you to pursue Jesus. 
I want you to have a vibrant, healthy relationship with Him because He's not an escape artist. He's an empowering Savior who took on the world and the worst that it could give to Him, and He won convincingly. And His prayer for you is not for you to escape and to go away and fly away somewhere and, and just get away from the difficulties of the world. His prayer for you starts something like this right here in John chapter 17, verse 15. He's praying to the Father. Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, my prayer, it's not that you take them out of the world. He's talking about his disciples. And he's also talking about us as well. And we'll see that later on. I don't want you to take them out of the world, but I want you to protect them from the evil one. Empower them, Lord. Protect them from the evil one, not escape it. Your 2021 is going to depend on your prayer life, and prayer is the lifeblood of your faith. And I will go as far as to say it's the lifeblood of your life. It's like a scuba diver needs an oxygen tank in order to live when he's underwater. He can't breathe like a fish. It's like a parachute or a skydiver needs a parachute or else he will die. We need God and we need our prayer. And if we have no prayer, we will have no power in our lives. So Jesus taught people how to pray. And I would imagine that there were a lot of people who were intimidated to pray, especially in front of other people, because I don't know how to pray. I mean, there's the, the religious zealots, they, they know how to pray. And when we go to the public meetings and to the temple, they know how to pray, but I don't know how to pray. So Jesus actually taught them how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 5 through 8. This is what he told them. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. So truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Their reward from, from, from their prayers is going to be the fact that they were recognized for being a person of prayer. He says, But when you pray, I don't want you to be like them. I want you to go into your room. I want you to close the door and pray to your Father. Don't do it just to be seen by others. Go alone and be with your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret, He will reward you. And when you pray, don't just keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So don't put this pressure on you to say all the right things. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Isn't it encouraging to know that God knows what we need before we ask Him? I think the problem I struggle with sometimes, I'm like, dude, if you know what I need before I ask you, why don't you just give it to me? Why not I got to do this? And so the reason is, if I'm just using God to give me things, I'm not having a true relationship with Him. I, mean, I can tell when my kids, like sometimes my kids, they're not here, I can talk about them today. Uh, they'll see this later. But I can tell sometimes when they come to me, I'm like, oh, they're about to ask me for something because they don't ever approach me this way. And so the more we're in that inner room with God and enjoying our relationship with Him, the more when we ask Him for things, He's like, sure, you can have this. Because I know I can trust you. I know what you need. And it's not that I want to withhold from you. It's just that I can't give you what you need sometimes or what you want sometimes because this thing will ruin you if you don't have me at the center of your life. And so he goes on, and this is how he taught them to pray, and this is called the Lord's Prayer. He said, this then is how you should pray. He said, pray this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or your name, sorry, I'm going to say thy in a little bit, but you know where I'm going with this. Hallowed means holy. Holy is your name, exalted. None other greater than your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven others. That's past tense, as we also have forgiven others. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now that's actually what Jesus prayed, remember, in John chapter 17, verse 15? I don't ask that you take them out of the world. I pray that you protect them from the evil one. And so we're praying the same thing as the Lord. And that's, so that's the end of what the prayer is. And he says, Jesus, and so he goes on to explain, he says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And so there's a, a few things I wanted to point out about the Lord's Prayer. Um, and I have it written up here for you to see. I think you can see that. It's hard to get all of it on the slide, but... Um, what I'm going to encourage all of us to do is to make sure we know this Lord's Prayer. If you don't have it memorized already, memorize it. And I chose this one, uh, which has uh, thy in it. And so I know we have a lot of people in our city that are uh, English is their second language. And so what in the world is thy? It sounds like, is that a chicken thigh? You know, is that what, <laughs> that was maybe a dumb joke. But anyway, uh, but th- what does thy mean? That's, that's an old English word, right? And so thy means your. It's old English for your. Uh, thy, your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And trespasses is a word for sins and debts. Um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for thine. And you. So this means thine means yours. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So let's just walk through this real quick. Our Father who art, or are, it's old English again. That's not a misprint. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so as we start this prayer and as we're saying this, this is something we should do on a daily basis. Maybe even multiple times a day we should be saying this prayer. Because if we're not, then our prayers have a tendency to become just focused on one aspect of prayer. And unfortunately, a lot of times if we're not careful, that aspect will be us. And our prayer shouldn't be focused on us. It should be focused on God. Now we need to be praying about us, and we'll talk about that in a minute too, but... The focal point of our prayer should be God. And so this gets us started right off the bat. Our Father. It's not just my Father, but our Father. Collectively, our Father who art in heaven, who is in heaven, who are, who is, who are in heaven. Uh, he is plural, but he's singular, so who is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. And so as you say these things to God, you say, Our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy name. And then now you pray what you need to pray every day. Thy kingdom come. Not mine. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and in my life as it is in heaven. And now we get to the give us this day. Now that we've established the fact that I'm not the center of this and my kingdom and my will is not the center of this, now I can go to God and say, give us this day. And it's also not just me. Give me this day. Provide for others as well. Give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, forgive us. It doesn't start with forgive them. The people that voted for the candidate I didn't want them to vote for. You know, we, sometimes we start there. We probably don't say forgive them. We probably say punish them, Lord. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of the world we live in. But we're asking, we start here, we say forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. There's nothing in here that is this 
condemning other people and, and seeking them to, to receive their justice. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This last part, for thine is the kingdom, is not in the scripture. If you noticed uh, from Matthew chapter 6, I read that and it didn't have that part in there. This is known as the ascription. It came probably around the 4th century, or actually that was in some 4th century uh, literature that it wasn't in. Um, some older Greek manuscripts don't have it. Uh, it's not in the Latin Vulgate, which is in the 4th century. Uh, and um, it's, uh, that was the Latin translation of the Bible by St. Jerome. So that means that this ascription was added later on by scribes in order to kind of help finish you know, to stick the landing. Like, how do we end this thing? Uh, and so some people don't use this. Uh, for example, uh, Augustine, St. Augustine and, and uh, Luther, Martin Luther didn't use it. But John Calvin was one who's, who believed this was so appropriate to this place that it ought not be omitted. And so it's not that it's anti-biblical. It's actually really good. It's just a good way to end the prayer. And so that's why it's included. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever Amen. So, I'm going to give you some tips. I'm going to give you three steps of prayer that's going to empower you to flourish this year. Actually, just make it day by day. It's going to cause you to flourish today. I like that about some of the sports teams, like the the New England Patriots when they were on their dominating run, and, and now the in, in college football, the Alabama team is... The, most of their coaches, the successful coaches, are like... One game at a time. They don't look far in advance. Their goal isn't to do that. Their goal is to get better today and to do one game at a time. And so we need to have a similar mentality when it comes to our prayer life. I'm going to pray today. I'm going to do that today. I'm not going to set this year-long resolution that I'm going to break on January 4th, right? That I'm going to you know, do all these great, grandis, grand, grandeur, grandiose things for the Lord. I'm going to do today. I'm going to pray today. And so here's some steps for you to take. Ready? Here we go. Here's how to pray. First thing is kind of like pray every day. You need to pray every day. If you're not praying every day, you're not breathing. You're going to suffocate. You're not being strengthened. So the three steps for praying every day. Number one, set a time and a place. Sometimes it's not bad things that keep us from praying. Sometimes it's good things. Spending time with family. Going to work. Fulfilling responsibilities we have with the kids or with uh, work or relationships or whatever it may be. You need to set a time and a place that you're going to guard. Typically, it's better to do this first thing in the morning. Some people, it doesn't work for that. But just set a time and place on a daily basis that you protect and spend as much time as you can praying as well. Second thing is use your Bible. Don't just go wherever. But I think the Lord's Prayer is a great place to start. But we need to add the Bible into that. As we're going through the Scriptures, read, reading the Scriptures, praying those things to allow that to turn into prayers in our lives. Uh, John chapter 17, we're going to look at in just a moment, is a great place to start. And I'm going to give us an example on how we can pray uh, the Scripture as well. So set a time and place. Use your Bible to um, guide your prayers because sometimes you'll find yourself praying, Oh, I shouldn't pray for that. For example, like John 17, Lord, just get me out of here. Get me out of here. And now we see in the scripture, no, protect me from the evil one. 
I need to change my prayers. And so allow Scripture to empower you by praying right prayers. And the third thing is start with you and then work out from there. So the focal point of the prayer is not you, but when you start to intercede or to, uh, to ask things from God, you need to start with you. When you start to point fingers at other people, you need to start with you. Forgive us our trespasses. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me so much. Lord, forgive me for how my heart is prideful that I don't like people to criticize me and I get a defensive or, or whatever it may be, Lord. Just, Lord, protect me. Lord, forgive me. Purify my heart. Start with you. Forget trying to fix other people. I get sick of this. I mean, I, this is, I'm going to do what I'm telling you not to do. I get sick of seeing other people pointing their fingers at other people. See what I'm doing? I'm pointing my fingers at other people. So we do that. And so we have to start with us. Otherwise, pride and self-righteousness is going to sneak in and rob us of the joy of knowing the Lord and also rob us of having a powerful prayer life. It's not about me being perfect and seeing other people uh, other people's sins and correcting them. It's about me being transformed to the likeness of Christ and loving people even in the middle of their sins. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. If I can't love people who don't like me, I have work to do. And that work is prayer and asking God to do a work in my heart. To have the love of God within me. So start with you. The biggest issue in your life is not somebody else. The biggest hindrance to your relationship being on fire with God is you. He's there. He is waiting. If, if, if God feels distance, it hasn't, it's not that he's moved. It's that you have. He's here. He is waiting. He is inviting you. Start with you. In John chapter 17, we're going to go back to the high priestly prayer. Jesus, it, so like right before this, Jesus had told them, hey, it's going to get really rough. And you're going to be scattered because I'm about to go to the cross. They didn't understand. They were grieving. They were like, this is not how we thought you were going to usher in the new kingdom. We thought you were going to come in and show Rome who's boss and, and overthrow the, the religious people who are, are perverting your, your law. That's what we want. We want somebody to ride in and to make things right. And you're telling us you're going to go to a cross and die like a, the worst of criminals? That doesn't make sense. And then we're going to be scattered and it's going to be basically hell on earth for us that we're going to have to run for our lives? They were grieving. And so at the end of John 16 is when he says, in this world you're going to have trouble, but don't worry. I have overcome the world. Don't lose heart. In fact, take heart. Be encouraged. I have conquered the world. You're going to have trouble. And then so right after that, he goes and he prays. And he starts out with this prayer of like, Lord, glorify me. Let them see who I am. And then he gets down to here uh, in, in verse 13 in, in this prayer. And he says, Lord, I'm Father. Jesus is praying to the Father. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still here in the world. So that they, the disciples, who are hearing me right now, praying out loud, which is another thing I encourage you to do in that steps. When you're praying, pray every day, pray out loud. Say the words. So that they, the disciples, may have the full measure of my joy within them. And he just told them there's going to be some bad things happening. It's going to be really tough for you. 
but he wants them to have the full measure of his joy. Now, that doesn't seem to make sense if we just look at it from a circumstantial basis. Like, how can you have joy when there's coronavirus? How can you have joy when there's a pandemic and there's shutdowns and there's economic issues and uh, we're worried about losing loved ones and uh, we've lost loved ones? How can we have joy in the midst of that? He says, I'm coming to you now and I want them to have the full measure, not just some joy, the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and your world, the world, has hated them. So they can have joy in the midst of a world that hates them. They can love people who hate them. For they, my disciples, are not of the world any more than I am of the world. This is one of those things that we can pray right here. If you're reading through this, you can say, Lord, thank you so much that I'm not of the world. Lord, remind me that I'm not of the world, that it's not the world that I need to be looking to to be my my comfort or my source. So much of our culture right now seeks the approval of people. Think about our social media even. I mean, you you judge posts and Facebook even sends you at the end of the year, your birthday, whenever, like the post that had the most likes that you get. I noticed the family pictures we just took or you took i don't really take pictures but you know, the famous picture they had a lot of likes on there and so we we that trains us to seek approval from others but we're not of the world god has called us to something new i've given you this they are not of the world any more than i am of the world and so we don't do things to seek the world's approval what we do is live in a way that pleases god because of what he's already given to us my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but my prayer is that you protect them from the evil one. And so this is where we can agree with God. Lead us not into temptation. Tempt- lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. This is something I was praying over my kids this past week. And um, you know, as a parent, you see where your kids struggle, where they have natural struggles, struggle, struggles, <laughs> struggles. And um, I was praying over them, and I started praying this, and I said, "Lord, thank you that my children are not of this world. Thank you that you are going to draw them out of this. Thank you, Lord, that your hand is on them. Thank you, Lord, that you are protecting them from the evil one. I cannot control my kids. I have tried. It doesn't work." <laughs> doesn't work. I used to be able to when they were little. They're two and they start doing it. You just pick them up and move them, right? Can't do that anymore. But God is thoroughly capable and my children are in God's hands just like 2021 is. Thank you, Lord, that they are not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Sanctify them by the truth. And God, your word is the truth. And see, this is a direct thing I can pray with Jesus. Lord, sanctify those I love, my church. Thank, sanctify them by your truth, Lord. Your word is truth. And as you sent me, Jesus says, as you sent me, Father, into the world, I have sent them into the world. We can say, thank you, Lord, for sending me into the world. Isn't that a different approach, Lord? Instead of take me out of the world, thank you for sending me into it. You have a purpose in life. Your purpose is to glorify God. Your purpose isn't to escape and have a, a, a life that's free of, of hardship and, and free from uh, the, the, 
the uh, don't know the right word the circumstances of the world that that bring us down. It's not to be free from that. You're sent into the world to show that there is an answer for those things whose name is Jesus. That's the calling we have. That's the purpose we have. Thank you, Lord, that you've sent me into the world. You, Jesus, have sent me. For them, I sanctify myself. Thank you, Lord, that you've sanctified me. You set me apart, that they too may be truly sanctified. Thank you. What, this is like forgive us our trespasses. Lord, you've done this. My prayer is not for them alone because he was praying specifically in that moment for his disciples, those who are right there with him. Disciple means follower. One of the things about the Chosen series is this, oh, it just hit me fresh when Jesus would look at Matthew or look at Peter and he would say, follow me. It hit me in a way that I hadn't really read before because I had seen these other... I'm like, wow, that really meant a lot for them to give up everything to follow him. And the purpose of being a disciple to follow is this. To become like your master. If you follow Jesus, you become like him. It's not about going to church. It's not about paying penance. It's not about paying your tithe. All those things are good. And Jesus even said in the scriptures, do those things. But it's about following me. It's about becoming like me. It's about being transformed. And so it's not just for the 12 that he's talking about here. It's not just for the, those disciples, even outside the 12. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. And you know who that is, don't you? That's you. That's me. We believe in Jesus because of the message that these faithful ones have passed on to us. And so we can even pray in our prayer time, thank you, Jesus, for praying for me. Thank you for loving me so much that you pray for me. So I'll close with this. 2021 is out of control, but it's in God's hands. And so the question I would leave for you is, are you going to give your life completely into God's hands? Are you going to just give it all over to the Lord? And if you want to know whether or not the answer is yes or no, the litmus test is your prayer life. No prayer life? Then the answer is no. Vibrant prayer life? Then you're on the right track. Lay everything at the feet of Jesus. Put it into the hands of God and trust Him. He will never let you down. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you that uh, we don't have to worry about trying to find and have control in our lives. But Lord, thank you that you have given us this great invitation to enter into this vibrant, flourishing relationship with you to where we just talk to you and you transform us, that we just give our lives over to you. And Lord, you change us. And so Lord, I pray that, that prayer would be the focal point of our lives this year, that we would thrive in this area, that you would change us through prayer, that we would learn this Lord's Prayer, and that we would expand from there, Lord, that you would center us on your purpose for our lives. We bless you, Lord Jesus, and we love you. We, we look forward to 2021, not because of the calendar, but we look forward because it's in your hands, Lord. We trust you, we love you, we bless you, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.